Welcome everybody to USA Basketball's Youth Development Series. Uh, we're continuing to talk here in episode two about the importance of proper player development. I have joining me again is USA Basketball's Coach Development Director, Coach Don Showalter. Coach, welcome again. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. I, th I thought our first uh, session was really good. I'm looking forward to this session. Yeah, me too, Coach. I, you know, episode two, what we where we're titling it, Creating Better Basketball Players and Better People. And um, obviously, what we do on the court is important, um, but we also feel that through basketball and through the 60 million people that play the game, we have an obligation to um, make people better for our communities too. And um, So I think that um, viewers will find as they consume our materials that that permeates everything that we do, again, both on and off the court. But coach, I, we just wanted to kind of start the second episode by revisiting the philosophy um, that USA Basketball has and, and how we're trying to pr promote the game um, and promote inclusive basketball communities that prioritize certain things. And um, so I'm going to kick it over to you just to kind of reiterate what those priorities are for us and, and why we do what we do. Yeah, Jay, thanks. Uh, we, we alluded to it a little bit in the first, in the first episode as well, but uh, really we have three, three components for our philosophy. And the first one is development. And that's uh, development not only uh, on the basketball court, but development off the basketball court for each, each young individual as well. Uh, so we're talking about development from the basketball standpoint, how to properly develop skills, and then uh, how to properly develop a, a young person as he goes from, from a young player into an older player and a person off the court. And the second thing would be, of course, safety. Uh, this is a uh, part of our, part of our uh, philosophy is to make sure that uh, safety is a big factor when we're coaching and when we're playing. And the last thing I think we talked about uh, quite at length in the first episode was, was just, the, just, the, just the fun factor that uh, each player has. And uh, that's why they get started in basketball. And that's why they continue to do what they do with basketball uh, long after they're done playing it, whether it be from a fan, official, uh, player, uh, whatever. So uh, development, safety, and fun, I think, are, are three main components for USA Basketball's youth development. Yeah, and it really is sort of the foundation of, of all of our programs, whether it be a camp or a coaching education course or, um, you know, our, our tournament concept that um, particularly, obviously they're all important, but if a player is not having fun, I think we've all uh, pretty much come to the realization that that's when we lose them. Either, you know, they drop out of basketball or they drop out of sports. And so to, to keep kids on a path where they feel like the game is still fun, I know uh, we talked about this last episode too. Um, USAB came up with four levels of development to sort of um, give players and parents and, and the people that are administering programs a guide to be able to, you know, walk a player through the game. And um, I know we won't all advance through all four levels of development, but um, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute and just sort of reviewing what those four levels are, maybe kind of giving a real life example of each, I think that would be great for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Jay, I think when we started our curriculum you know, um, back in about 2015, we, you know, we looked at uh, how our player development uh, would look. And uh, we came up with four different levels for, for player development. And I think this has a lot to do with the development and has a lot to do with the safety. So we start out with our 
uh, our lowest level, our first level really, is our introductory level. And um, this age group is basically the where you start. Maybe it's five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. Uh, it could be a little bit older than that, but this is the introductory level. This is the basic basketball fundamental skills that we teach for young players just starting the game, even, even to the fact that how do you hold a basketball uh, type of thing. So uh, introductory, and this is probably the largest area, largest group uh, that, uh, that really, really is part of our USA Basketball uh, uh, Foundation, where we have a lot of young kids just starting to play, and we have a lot of parent coaches at this level. We have a lot of uh, uh, coaches who, who just are doing it because of their parent or doing it because they just love the game, but really don't uh, probably have, have the uh, enough experience to, to figure out, right, what, how do I start or where do I start? So the introductory level, for instance, might be just explaining how to hold a basketball. And then if I take the example of a of ball handling skill with the introductory level, that would be maybe just balancing the ball once or twice and catching it. Uh, I, I remember very vividly uh, coaching a bunch of five and six-year-olds where you had them bounce the ball once or twice, and then catch it, and then bounce the ball once or twice again, and then catch it. So that is an introductory level. Then you advance to the foundational level, and most of the foundational level age group would be geared toward 12, 11, 12, 13 uh, age group. And this is a, obviously a little higher advanced age group. This, this is now when they start to really uh, figure out that basketball is something they want to pursue and be a part of the game uh, from, a, from a player standpoint. And they're really interested in developing their skills. I might go back and say introductory level also would include, you know, we're talking about making the game fun. It would include things like using a smaller basketball, size five a lower basket, maybe seven or eight foot baskets uh, in the introductory level. And even some of the foundational level. So th this would be a huge part in uh, kind of making the game fun and, and making sure that the players have some success. And as you get to the foundational level, you advance that same skill. So we're talking about uh, skills that we have. We, we continue on the ball handling skill. The foundational skill would be all right, now we're going to have dribbling with movement. So it might be straight line dribbling down the court and back would be a foundational level. Uh, it might be doing crossover dribbles, uh, stationary and then on the move. So we're advancing that same skill. Uh, and even in, in the introductory level, uh, part of that may be you may, may go from introductory to foundational with the same kids, same season. And then, of course, the advanced level <clears throat> would be geared more toward uh, a high school age player, 14 through 16, 17. Uh, not necessarily an elite player, but just more, more of an uh, advanced level. And, and then you would take what we have as far as ball handling skill. That might be a two-ball dribbling with a ball in each hand, and you're working on, on uh, just pounding the basketball with both hands, maybe crossover, crossover dribbling with, with two-ball. Uh, uh, advanced level. And then you would take maybe uh, set up some cones and have them go through cones using uh, crossovers behind the back, uh, between the legs, 
uh, spin moves, those will be all advanced level. And if you take that advanced level and try and do it in the foundational level or introductory level, uh, players, players get frustrated because they can't do it and they're not ready for that. So uh, players who aren't ready for advanced skill uh, then tend to drop out because it's not fun for them. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be really careful on our levels of development. And then the last level, uh, Jay, is our performance level, which is a very high level college player, uh, would be more toward our, our junior national team level, where it's really a high performance level, very highly skilled uh, at, at everything. But uh, never forget that even the skills that we do, uh, you don't graduate from a skill. And I've said that many times where, you know, if you're working on the, the uh, advanced ball handling skills uh, that you'd have with the two ball and the, and the, and the uh, dribbling between cones and behind the back, that would still be a, a performance skill. You may, you may just not spend as much time with it in the performance level. Uh, mm -hmm. You may revisit those skills uh, again, just to keep, just to keep on top of those skills. But the performance level is, is the highest level that, that you get to. So if you look back on those four, four different levels that we talk about, introductory, foundational, advanced, and performance, uh, we feel with USA Basketball that these are very complementary to each other. And, and it's very necessary that we go from one level to the other level uh, seamlessly. Uh, when, when a skill, when you're ready for another level, that's when you introduce the next level. And as a group, I know I get a lot of questions from coaches, but as a group, if you're teaching a group of nine or 10 year olds and you see them making uh, really good progress at the introductory level, uh, then you would throw some foundational level skills in there. Uh, make a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> make a little more uh, competitive level for them. Uh, as well. So uh, these are the four, four levels that, w that we emphasize as we, as we go through our curriculum. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, and I remember when we were um, putting the, our guidebook together and things, and um, we, we also understand that it's possible, in fact, it's likely that players, even, at, even what we describe as performance level players, are still um, incorporating skills at different levels. So it's possible, and I know you have some real-life examples of players, and we don't have to mention names here, that are theoretically at the performance level because they're a junior national team athlete or even an NBA athlete, but maybe are still learning some skills at, um, if, if not the introductory level, certainly the foundational level. Yeah, yeah that's a great point because uh, players certainly are, uh, come in at different levels, and just because they're really good at one skill, uh, maybe they're at the performance level with ball handling and uh, passing, but they're, they're not at performance level for shooting or for uh, screening or uh, you know, uh, setting screens and those kind of things. So performance level and uh, it would, would take that advanced skills just to a little different, little different level. And, and a lot of that is I think you show uh, players what the next what the next level would be and then it gives them some some really impetus to work toward that level so as I as I coach our junior national team sometimes we give players uh, maybe a drill or a, a comment about all right here's one way you can improve your passing 
And, um, you know, they take that to the next level and all of a sudden it goes from advanced to performance. So uh, I think there's a lot of that going on within the, within the group. And I also may say that, you know, generally within a group, if you have a group of 15 players and you're at the introductory level, uh, we generally say that about if 80% of the group you have can, can really do the skill pretty good at the introductory level, then you take the whole group to the foundational level understanding that there may be two or three that are still at the introductory level. But sometimes advancing a level will help those younger players as well to, uh, to do a much better job with the skill. Yeah, and, you know, I called that out because I think it's important for everybody to realize that they shouldn't be embarrassed that maybe, okay, they are those two or three players, right, that maybe aren't as progressing as quickly because there are, as we mentioned, NBA elite-level athletes that are still – performing some of those drills and they have to stay after practice now now you know to, to maybe attempt at least to perfect those um their deficiencies and so um it happens at all levels and and, and i know we're going to get into the four levels of development um as it relates to um at least the players on court development in episode three so we're really going to take a deeper dive or i think it's episode four uh, we'll take a deeper dive into the actual levels and the types of skills that can be performed at those levels and even give some um, real life examples um, and some takeaways there but what i did want to move into is we talked about now creating better basketball players but to create better people um, which does tie into the to the basketball piece um, i know you are big on what we call the four C's for player growth or sort of USA basketball's four C's for player development. Um, and I want to kind of walk through each one of those and talk about how they translate in a player's growth, both on the court, but also off the court too. And then if we can, and if we have the time here, um, kind of dive a little bit into the coach's responsibility in that process and, and why implementing the four C's um, really falls back um, in, in big part on the coach. Of course, the parent plays a role and the player plays a role in that too. Um, but the first one of the four C's is communication. And maybe you can start talking about the importance of communication in a, in a young person's development. The, I think communication is probably of the four C's. Um, you know, maybe one of the, one of the, one of the ones that I, th I think is maybe hardest to do for young players to communicate uh, both on and off the court. And, and uh, we feel very strongly that we have to teach young players how to communicate, you know, uh, with, with the fact that you, you look players in the eye and, and you call them by their name and learn how to communicate. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we do in practice situations on the court is give them and get them in situations where they have to communicate put them in drills where they have to call out players' names, um, where they have to talk to each other about how do they set up the drill, or they have to talk to each other about evening out the lines. Uh, too many times we as coaches take this and we, we try and guide everything during a practice session. I think that sometimes that inhibits a player from communication. And so uh, from a coach's standpoint, uh, communication is you say things, you give directions one time. You don't give directions two or three times because they tend not to listen to you the first time. So communication is both speaking and listening. You, know, you, you communicate by listening as well. And I always say that 
you know, communication needs to be consistent and needs to be candid. So you, you coaches tell the players exactly what they want done. And then players have to figure out how to do it. In other words, coach might say, give me four lines of no more than four people on the baseline. And once you get done saying that, then the players figure out how to do that. They communicate with each other, developing leadership abilities as well as, as communication abilities for that. So the communication part is put them in a position where they really have to communicate uh, with each other. Asking questions is a good way to do that as well. A coach may ask a question of a player that you just describe something maybe uh, how to get over a screen and you want some feedback and you would give the, give the player a chance to communicate effectively what you just told them to do. Uh, so, so there's a lot of things that go into, go into that communication uh, as well. I think, I think anytime you get players to communicate with each other and with the coaching staff, you certainly uh, advance that communication with them. Uh, and, and that becomes an effective tool uh, off the court as well. Uh, they're going to be asked to communicate many ways when they are not on the court, in, in academic classroom, and with, with friends, with parents. Uh, so the communication aspect we think is really, really important for young players to understand how they get it done. And that's our first C, and I think we we realize it's probably the most difficult. I know I know. Um, in the next episode, for sure, we're going to talk about some ways to get players to communicate. Um, we also know that sometimes players don't communicate with the coach or their or their teammates because they're not comfortable. And so our our second C, um, we describe as comfort zones. So can you speak a little bit about the importance of comfort zones and and how to work toward getting players to feel comfortable reaching outside of uh, what they're used to doing? Yeah, comfort zone is probably one of my favorites uh, of the C's because I really think that's when a player improves the most when they're out of their comfort zone. So if we take a look at those four levels, Jay, of our development, and we go to introductory, foundational, advanced, and performance, if we take a look at those four development, it's important that they have some concept of, of how to do a drill in an introductory level or an advanced level. But then I think that we need, to, we need to give them a little bit of incentive to try to get out of that level and go to the next level. And that's a little bit out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, if, if you see a young player who's nine or 10, uh, who's just kind of starting to, to get, get comfortable with, all right, I can, I can dribble the basketball pretty good now in a straight line. I, I keep my elbow in and my wrist goes up and down and the ball follows that pretty well on the dribble. I can do my crossover dribbles right to left, left to right. So now we get them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Now can you do this same thing at a little faster pace? That would be a great example of advancing in the comfort zone, but it also would be advancing in that level a little bit as, as well. So we find out that players – really enjoy that aspect of, of reaching outside their comfort zone. Uh, they prepare for that next situation. Uh, and it may be a little competitive, but uh, that's something that, that they really enjoy. 
Um, we always I always tell coaches that you know your practices should be a little bit more difficult than than games. Your actual games. If if you have your practices more difficult than your games, as far as competitive skills, uh, all those kind of things you work on, the games will be much easier. And uh, that's part of getting out of their comfort zone. Uh, one of the phrases I always like to say is, you, you don't necessarily rise to the occasion, but you sink back to the level of your preparation. And that's kind of getting out of your comfort zone. You know, you, you sink back to the level of where you're, you're comfort at. So if you can stretch that comfort zone for a player, um, I think that really has a lot to do. And then also we're talking off the court uh, as well. So you might ask a, you might ask a player in a team meeting to, to uh, teach a drill, teach a skill uh, to the rest of the rest of the group. That, that's, that would be out of their comfort zone, but now you're working on stretching the comfort zone and also working on communication. So uh, the comfort level I think is really an important one. And I know another phrase, and you have a lot of them, but I know another phrase that you like to say is that the sport of basketball is uh, overcoached and undertaught. And, and um, our third C in our, out of our four C's is the importance of choice. And, and I know a lot of times as coaches, we sort of tighten the reins on the choices that we allow players to make. And whether that's because we feel that we need to have that control or maybe they, we don't feel that they can be as successful um, making choices on the court, um, but it does impact their, um, you know, choices off the court as well. So talk about the importance of choices and the freedom to allow players to make those choices. Yeah, you, a lot of things go into that, Jay. And I think one of the things for me is I think coaches uh, really do sometimes we overcoach the game, meaning that we try and have way too much control over what happens on the court. And we don't give the players enough, uh, probably enough uh, ability level or, or enough confidence that they can do a lot of the things on the court uh, and make the choices that's necessary. Uh, one of the things the international game has done, I think just because the rules uh, has really made choices very much more, uh, very more easy, easier for players or they're more gifted in making uh, comfortable choices on the court. You know, the 24-second shot clock, the no timeout is called during a, during a live ball. I think all those help players make good choices or make choices while playing the game. And then they understand the game a little bit better. So, uh, you know, and then, then hopefully the choices we, we have, we say carries over to off the court as well. And one of my things is, you know, we all have – we, we want to give the players a freedom of choice uh, off the court, on the court. Sometimes that freedom of choice uh, leads there, – there's, there's also freedom of choice, but there's no freedom for consequences. So if they make some bad choices off the court, uh, the consequences they have, uh, there's not a lot of freedom to that. And we, 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 want, we hope the players understand that, you know, that they're really accumulation – of all the choices they make is really who they are. And I go back to say, you know, if you continually make poor choices uh, on the court, you probably will, your playing time will probably be diminished. If you make poor choices off the court, that kind of says uh, a little bit who you are and, and what kind of person you are. Uh, it shows, shows up in, in, in the things that you do. So we like to have, 
you know, the choices be something that is taught in a basketball situation that carries over to off the court. And the last thing I would say with choices is that um, the, the choices that you, that you make uh, give what we call earned fairness. So uh, if a player, if a player has continually makes the right choices and then makes one wrong choice, that, that that's different than somebody who really struggles making the right choices all the time. Uh, Coach Wooden used to say that all the time. He never treated everybody the same because they earned their fairness. And I thought that was really a good saying uh, dealing with, with players as well. And so if they understand that, um, I think it goes a long way in their, first of all, in their trust as you as a coach, but also in them making good choices both on and off the court. And that's our, and that's our third C. And our fourth C we, we, we want to uh, end with is uh, the word competition. And I know a lot of times what we um, – and we can, we can have a whole other um, podcast, I think, just about um, participation trophies. And, um, and, and, and this is coming from a group who encourages participation. But um, competition seems um, to get lost sometimes in, in sports, uh, particularly youth uh, sports. But um, can you talk a little bit about the importance of teaching a child to compete and, and how that affects their life off the court as well? Yeah, I, th I think the competition part to the four C's is let's put these things together now. Let's put communication, let's put comfort zones, let's put choices, and let's put those three together and then form competition. Mm -hmm. So as we form competition, uh, and there's always a big discussion is can competition be, be a learned skill or is it something that happens naturally with players? I, we find out that even with our elite uh, junior national team, Jay, that, that some, some players are much more competitive than other players are, uh, which, you know, for a long time as a coach, I don't, I don't think I understood uh, and embraced that, that part of the competition. So I think kids basically like competition. You know, if you're a, if you're a five or six year old, you know, you, everybody sees how fast they can run. They love to, you know, they, they love to race. Uh, as a five or six year old, look how fast I can go type of thing. So I think if we channel that competition at a young age, uh, they certainly get better and kind of embrace that competition. So maybe for our introductory level, as they progress a little bit, you're talking about dribbling. Well, you put 10 seconds on a clock and you say, all right, how many dribbles can you take in 10 seconds? That's a form of competition for that, for that introductory level. And I think they, the players enjoy that, but also it leads to higher skill development. So now they're doing it uh, under, under duress. They're doing it uh, in situations where they feel that they can go faster than maybe they would normal, and uh, it's okay. And so I think the competition really develops skills in a way that um, – that, that we couldn't if we didn't have competition. Uh, I'll go even further when we have our, our elite national team. There's, there's drills that we do in competition that they would do every day. I mean, they would love to keep score. We go baskets and, and those kind of things. And, and then at the end of the day, we find out, all right, who, who was on the winning team most often? Who, who was on the losing team most often? So I think it really develops a little bit of um, – of competitive nature and striving to do their best uh, in the competition mode. 
And then you take this off the court uh, too, Jay. And I know we talk a lot about, all right, how does this competition influence them off the court? Well, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be trying to get into college someday, hopefully, or, or the next, or work the workforce or whatever they're going to do after they get done being a student. There's going to be a lot of competition for those, for those jobs. There's going to be a lot of competition uh, with other people for the same thing that, that they want. So I think the competition is something you're going to face no matter uh, what point in life they are, they're going to face a high level of competition. And if we can, as coaches, if we can give them a little bit of, um, uh, of semblance of how to, how to deal with competition and make it, make it uh, for them to strive and do their best, I think we've helped them both on and off the court. Yeah, and it's not just about winning that trophy, but like you said, it's about using competition for their own personal uh, development, which I think sometimes can get confused um, with the uh, desire to take home that trophy. Um, in particular so um well coach finishing up i know i know we talked about our four c's again just to review for the listeners it's communication comfort zones choices and competition and next episode we're going to go into some actionable items that we can that you can um, take away as a coach to be able to implement those things into your players to get them to communicate better get them out of their comfort zone hopefully get them to make better choices and then obviously getting them to compete but um from a broad perspective, what are the what are the desired outcomes or the goals? I would say of the four C's, you know, things we'd like for players, but also parents, coaches, and administrators to take away out of the four C's. Well, yeah, that again, I think uh, we with USA Basketball for a long time only dealt with the elite elite players, and now with our youth division, which has a lot more people and coaches in our youth division spectrum. Uh, I think we we have to we have to make a couple points with that that you know there, there's only a small fraction of young people that are going to be elite basketball players. Uh, very few of them are going to reach that pinnacle of being an elite player. You know, play on a college team uh, or even start on a college team. There are going to be very few players that do that. So, uh, you know, one of the goals for us is all right, how are they going to be able to navigate their way through some disappointments and and those kind of things, but yet be the best they can be. And uh, I, we think all players, no matter what age, have a right to get better, uh, no matter their level. And as coaches, we sometimes overlook that, uh, but, but we definitely want to see each player improve, and that's how they have fun. That's how they stay in the game. And the last thing I would say is that they have we, – we want players, uh, and we think they have a right to develop their, you know, social, uh, emotional – and uh, thinking, which are decision-making skills, that's going to contribute to their own personal development, uh, both both on and off the court. And this affects their ability to perform as athletes and as people. So, um, you know, th- those are things I think that we need to keep in mind as coaches uh, as we coach young players. Absolutely. And um, for the listeners, next week we're going to, just to give you a little preview, we're going to get into – um, what we feel are the essential coaching behaviors, or at least four of the essential coaching behaviors um, necessary in order for you to help a player grow both on and off the court. And we're going to try to give you some actionable items. And I know coach has a, uh, coach, you have a, a, you know, a laundry list of items that you can give. So we'll try to narrow it down a little, but that um, some takeaways, we, we do feel um, that the coach has a unique opportunity, I think, be, to deliver um, 
important aspects of the game, but important aspects of, aspects of life as well um, to young people. And so we'll dive into some specifics next week in episode three. But coach, I just wanted to thank you once again for joining me in episode two. Looking forward to continuing this journey. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it going next week. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week, Jay. I think we're going to get a lot of really things that coaches can do uh, for kids and um, specific things that we can do. And I, I think uh, everybody's going to enjoy that. Great. And for those of you out there, as a reminder, if you have any questions for Coach um, or for USA Basketball, you can email your questions to youth at usabasketball.com. That's Y-O-U-T-H at usabasketball.com. And we will compile those questions and select a few um, for future podcasts to use as topics and things of that nature. And at the very least, we'll respond to you privately uh, to give, hopefully give you the answers that you're looking for. So until next week, take care, everybody.